Okay. Um, should we start funny or should we start sad? Uh, start funny. It's always it's always good to start start with a good laugh. Okay, things you can say during sex that you also say during wrestling. Um. Oh shit. Oh god damn! I should know this. I should know okay. this by now. Okay, I'll start. All right. I wasn't supposed to be the finish. <laughs> she really dropped out. <laughs> uh, this this is uh, stopped by referee stoppage. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That that man has a wife and family. <laughs> oh, you can tell they're bleeding. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I don't think I could top that one. Oh, good. I, I stand corrected. She's bleeding the hard way. <laughs> oh. oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I literally thought of that one right now. <laughs> I love it. You got nothing else? <laughs> I got nothing else. That was good. Oh, okay. I bow down. <laughs> Welcome to the natural disasters of wrestling. I'm done. I'm Matt, and that's nothing new for you to bow down. Um, <laughs> yeah, sort of funny, but also real quick. Um, shout out to uh, literally, I think, the voice of not even just a generation of many generations. Um, Howard Finkel passed away, unfortunately, yeah. earlier this week, or at the at the end of last week. Yeah. Um, last yeah. week was a dark week for wrestling fans in general, but that was just kind of the cherry on top. Um, yeah, Howard Finkel, just overall amazing dude. Uh, there's lots of, uh, tributes paid. Tommy Dreamer, who visited Fink a lot, like, during, during these last couple of years. Uh, I had no idea that they were so close. Yeah, neither did I. But he posted a nice, you know, tribute and, you know, posted a, a picture of Howard Finkel's, uh, wall reminding the nurses to put, to put it on, uh, wrestling at, at Mondays, at Mondays at eight o'clock. Which was just oh, it was beautiful, right? Yeah, he, even you know to the very end, he was a fan. Of course, that was his life. That was literally his life. He was the very first employee of WWF, WWE. Um, was he? Yeah, he was. He was the very first employee aside from the McMahon's. He was the very first employee that was hired. Um, so you know, obviously they're feeling it a lot too. Uh, I mean, they he means a lot. He mean he meaned a lot to the McMahon family. He means a lot to wrestling fans everywhere like if you think of old school wrestling you think of old wwf you even think of like you know the rock and stone cold winning champions you always hear howard finkel's voice when he you know he was announcing them to the ring or their wins and stuff like that um like literally i think like he's the only person like he's the only old school um ring announcer that i can think of that like i immediately jumped to mind when i play video games aside from maybe the ecw announcers but it's always been howard finkel yeah, I mean, he, like, I, I have so many memories of Howard Finkel growing up, introducing the gobbledygook <laughs> is, uh, you know, one of the, one of my top ones, because it's funny, it was funny as a kid. Um, for those younger fans, you'll probably recognize him more for uh, introducing everybody in the Hall of Fame. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that was kind of his thing the last couple of years. And it's kind of sad that, like, this year, you know, we won't get that. 
No, unfortunately not. I totally forgot about that, that he does introduce everybody for the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. But, I mean, obviously he was already in the Hall of Fame himself, and, you know, everybody – it was really an honor for a lot of people to have them uh, to be introduced by him. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just, like, as much as an honor as it is for people to have their matches called by, like, JR. Yeah. Like, he's, he's just one of those people where it's just like, okay, if this person is doing it for me, then I know I've made it. Um so, you know, peace to Howard Finkel, and I hope he's resting, and I hope he's, uh, you know, he goes where he deserves to be going right now. Somewhere in the skies above, he's announcing Macho Man coming on the, coming down to fuck your wife. Yeah, Fink, it's about time you got here. We've been waiting, me and Elizabeth. Hey, man, Dude, Macho Man and Elizabeth met back up in heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, 100%. Do you think he's just as protective? Even more so. Oh, I see Gabriel looking at Elizabeth. I see Gabriel, watch out. Uh, not to get too religious. You know, uh, I realize, you know, I realize how fucking religious the Simpsons got. Yeah, well, uh, Matt Bryden's got, like, super, like, prior to, uh, I want to say it was 2000, or not even 2000, like, 99. Uh-huh. Like, he found religion. Oh, he's a born again Christian. Okay, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Because, like, I was, I've been watching... Like, I watch all the good ones. I watch all the classic ones, or something, not the good ones. But, like, I watch – I got up to season 16, I think, season 15, season 16. And there was, like, three, four episodes in a row that were, like, very religious. And, like, a part, like part of them is just, like, them kind of poking fun a little bit. But most of them is just, like, oh, wow, this is, like, super fucking religious. Well, what happened was uh, – I want to say it was 99. He had a near-death experience. And uh, I got changed this whole thing. So, okay, but that was around, these were around maybe like 2004, 2005, yeah. maybe? Yeah. That's still weird. That was still really interesting. Um, fuck, I was going to say something else. I forgot. Uh, I got to keep in mind, it takes 48 months to animate a Simpsons episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're not like South Park where they can knock it out in like a day. Yeah. So that's why like sometimes you'll feel like jokes are just... Like, especially if you look at the year of The Simpsons, like, you feel like jokes are just kind of off. It's just because it takes so long to produce anime. The jokes are a little off, but then also, like, it's funny because, like, I'm going back so far, and, like, they really start... They, they don't really date themselves until they get into, like, the early 2000s, where they start, they start mentioning VCRs and stuff like that, and I'm just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Up until, like, I want to say five years ago, like, they still had a tube TV as the... Uh, yeah. So they got like an LCD or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And like the intro, yeah, the intro basically stayed the same until like I think like 2014, 2013 when they actually like bothered to redraw it. Yeah, it's still so, it's still like a decently good show. It just doesn't hit as like as much as the uh, like the first like twelve seasons did. And like I think like I, I kind of narrowed it down. Like you can um, you can pinpoint when the Family Guy effect kind of takes. You like it, like you can tell like they're kind of going for that not edgy but just like you're going they're going for that kind of type of like random humor or almost like cutaway humor because you can see them trying to mess around with it a bit but just some of it it just doesn't it, doesn't it just really doesn't stick. gel yeah that's like, like there's, the, there's something so, really special about those first like twelve seasons that they couldn't really get back to but I, I'm at least trying to like 
go through them all so that way it can be like okay like maybe this is where this worked maybe there this is where like you know this is where this didn't work you know stuff like that although the treehouse of horrors are always good if you remember like so i want to say it was about a year ago uh-huh. a little over a year ago uh they did a intro for rick with rick and morty yeah that was like three years ago yeah and that, like at this point like rick and morty was already like on season two or something yeah. like that so it takes a while to do do animation well, to be fair, Rick and Morty, like, they, um, are they already on season two? Yeah, they were already on season two. Uh, like, well, they, they, were, they, they, they tried just to, finished season two. They were on that, that kick of, like, doing guest animations, too. Yeah. I think that's why, too. Because they had, like, a, didn't they have somebody, like, like, a famous, like, um, like, a director or somebody do one of the opening couch gags or something like that for, like, uh, for, like, the Chaos of Horror or something like that? I remember that being a thing. They had Steven Spielberg, or not Steven Spielberg, um, Stephen King. There we go. Yeah, I knew it was, Steve. I thought it was Stephen King. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm right now I'm at season 17, I think. I know apparently this is when it gets really bad, apparently. I'm going to have some free time now, so I'll probably catch up on a lot of Simpsons and a lot of Simpsons and just a lot of stuff in general. I'm really gonna go back because, like, every time I start watching, I I skip the first like two seasons because, like, those are the ones where they're like really just like super heartfelt, and I'm just like, okay, but I want to laugh. But I'm like, I really <laughs> need to go back and like, I really need to go back and watch those fucking two first two seasons. Um, so you know how uh, you, wrestling fans like we we can get super emotional on things on things sometimes. Yeah, and. uh like, like just recent, just recently, I forgot what the fuck it was I was watching. It was a uh, oh, it was Zack Ryder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Zack Ryder's whole WWE role. But Zack Ryder's uh Intercontinental Championship like match. Oh, uh, for WrestleMania. Yeah, for WrestleMania. And like I've like I because I read a uh, spoilers for the head of the episode, but I read like you know Cody Cody Rhodes tribute to uh to Zack Ryder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I want to watch this match again. So I watched it, and I was just like, I was like, this is so such a beautiful moment. That match is really good because of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, because that's when they were dead in their feud, uh, like dead in the middle of their feud. Yeah, Miz was really at his like the most like I I hated the I still do hate the Miz, but like he was at you know the that pinnacle of him being a douchebag. Um, and just like yeah, Zack Ryder was just like randomly thrown in there, and like that was his first WrestleMania where he heard his his theme song. Yeah. Um. So do you throw that in, and that's fucking beautiful. The fact that it was in New York. The fact that it was in New York, and then also the fact that like it just came out of nowhere too, just like me. Uh, it just no. came, it just com- came completely out of nowhere. Like nobody would have ever guessed. Like that when I know when I watched that match, I didn't think he was gonna win at all. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to win at all just because, you know, Zack Ryder, they jobbed him out so... At that point, they had jobbed him out so bad that you, you just didn't really see it, but... Yeah, you had you had no, like, no sense of, like, hope for him at all. And it's funny because, like, after that match, like... After that match, like, you know, he's this is the greatest moment of my life. I'm like, you get to fuck Chelsea Green every day. I mean, that's... Okay, his professional career, then. <laughs> And even then, you're like, you get to fuck Chelsea Green every day. <laughs> Stupid. Not wrong. Um, uh, yeah, no, that. So that's one of my favorite Zack Ryder moments. And then, uh, and I guess I should segue that uh, that uh, a bit because uh, so the reason why I, I watched it was because uh, 
Zack Ryder as well as many, many, many others in WWE. Last I checked, it was about 26 WWE employees, not just on-screen talent, but just employees overall were furloughed or laid off or fired. Those, those are the ones that are uh, announced. Yeah. Those aren't even the ones that are not announced. According to uh, according to PWI Insider and Russell Votes, it's about 40% of their staff. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because just a day prior, they were considered they uh, got classified as an essential business, but I won't get into that. Yes, it uh, it only took eighteen million reasons for yeah. them to consider an essential business. Yep, just eighteen million reasons why. But uh, yeah, yeah so. Zack Ryder was one of the ones, unfortunately, that got let go uh, last week amongst the the blackest week in WWE uh, releases. Yeah, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, um, Maria, Mike Canellis who just had a baby, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she was, she's was. she been on maternity leave for the longest time, and then they weren't really doing too much with Mike. Kurt see, Hawkins. Think, real quick, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll touch on each of these. We'll go through everybody, but let's touch on each of them just a little bit. Um, yeah. I heard speculation, too, that they jumped on getting rid of Maria now because if they had gotten rid of Maria before, it would have been discrimination because she's been on maternity leave. Yeah. So they figured they're paying money. Either we're paying money regardless just to have her sit at home anyway. So. Yeah. Which is fucked. Which is a really, really fucked way of... of uh, yeah. Hey, all these releases are really fucked, especially right now. Like, yeah, they have yeah. the money. They have $50 million worth of cash and assets. According to... Uh, according to... So, according to an industry report, you know, they're expected to hit over $1 billion in revenue this year, which is the highest... They've ever hit. They've ever hit in a year, single year. And this was projected even before the whole pandemic started. Yeah. And uh, losing out on so losing out on uh, live events really didn't help hurt them too much because it's not really yeah they, they don't really make a lot of their money on live events neither do the talent especially the talent yep um it was estimated that the company would only save about seven hundred and three thousand dollars a month totaling about anywhere between four to eight million dollars a year mm-hmm. for a billion dollar company. So that is what it is. Um, that is what it is. I, I don't want to get into the politics of things. I just think. Oh no! Fuck them. I just think yeah, it's fucked. Like fuck them, fuck them for doing that because they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do it, and especially right now, like, and this kind of also plays into the complaint that everybody else has is that they have been essentially. <laughs> Um, like locking up as much talent as they possibly could for the past like ten years, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, they just have people that are just kind of like you just either do live events or do catering or just don't really do much with them. And like they're doing all this, they've been hoarding all these, literally hoarding hoarding all of this talent, and they decide to let them go when it's only going to benefit them because one, they don't have to pay them, and two, they're not going to go compete everywhere. Yeah, they have nowhere to go. There's nowhere for them to compete. There's nowhere them for them to actually make any <laughs> what their fucking job is. Yeah. It's not like these guys are ha- you know fucking hammerheads or like you know it's not like they can do a whole bunch online because a lot of these guys yeah I'm sure they do have other trades and other skills they can do but not everybody like everybody really does a lot of these people rely on wrestling for a paycheck and 
So, you know, and a lot of them don't even have as big followings. Like Zack Ryder, fortunately, is one of those people who really made a following for himself, and not just uh, in his character, but also in his toy collecting. Like he has his, a really big following in that. Yeah. So Zack Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Go check out their podcast. Go check out their YouTube channel, the major, the major uh, wrestling, the major wrestling figure podcast. Go check out their PWTs. Yeah. Go, go, you know, they're, they're going to be fine just because they, you know, they got a good Patreon support. They have good, they have good fans like myself. I mean, I'm a part of the Patreon as well. It's the, the only non-porn one I have. What do you, would, if Zach Ryder made an OnlyFans for his collectibles, would you, would you subscribe to it? 100% because much like myself, he's a huge Ghostbusters fan. I almost so. got to be a Ghostbusters shirt yesterday. Really? I, I was so close to, but then they ran out. But then they oh. closed it. Because, okay, so also, uh, Barbershop Windows is closed from PBWTs. They've completely closed down the site. It's not there anymore. Yeah. They yeah. only have the limited amount of t-shirts that they have on the actual uh, Pro Scene T site. Um, but, like, I was able to snag a couple things. But, like, I was going to get you a Ghostbusters shirt that they had. And it was actually kind of cool looking. It was, like, I think it was a Brain Buster shirt. It was a Ghostbusters ghost doing a Brain Buster on the logo. Oh, that's so awesome. But um, it kept crashing for me. It kept crashing and crashing and crashing. That's the problem. And, I ran, like, ran into myself yesterday. I was about to uh, – I, I was able to get my stuff. But then I was going to go back maybe, like, an hour later, wait for the traffic to die down. But then they were just like, nope, site's closed. Damn. They couldn't handle all the traffic, and then they couldn't do anything about the traffic anyways because they don't have the money for it. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, PWTs, like, support them, them guys out, too, because... They, yeah, they're they, filling it as well. They're filling as well, and they're they're good dudes. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but back I, to... I, yeah, back to topic at hand. So Adam Cleary said this best uh, from What Culture. WWE could have done two things. One of two things. They could have you know, risk their employees' health and safety and have them wrestle live events on TV. Mm-hmm. Or they could have released people. And they chose to do the double dildo of destiny and fuck, fuck them both. Yeah, um, they're, they're doing that, but also at the same time, apparently, that they are also going to start moving to uh, recording shows. Yeah. So everything's going to be pre-recorded for the foreseeable future. Um, apparently, they were going to keep doing live shows, but I guess uh, they got word from the networks because Fox and USA, they can only do so many live shows. A year. I mean, so many they're, tape shows a year. Yeah. They're only allowed three tape shows a year. Yeah, so they said the networks have told them that uh, uh, obviously with the pandemic going on, going on, it's not going to affect their contract deal. So they're going to allow them to do uh, pre-recorded shows, which yeah. is better in, uh, you know, in the long run. Um, but no, like, not even that. So apparently, um, like, I'm sorry, I can't sign my sources. I should hold on to these stu- this stuff better. But um, apparently there's people in the higher-ups that are already taking pay cuts. They're not saying how much uh, pay cuts they're taking, but they're already doing pay cuts. But also for a lot of these guys, like, they could have, like, I, I understand um, maybe some of these guys had, like, really big downside guarantees. Yeah. But at the same time, for some of these people, you could have just cut their pay. Like, yeah. you could have, you like, maybe cut, like, paid them, like, maybe, like, 50% of what you're holding on to them for. And that still would have saved, like, you wouldn't, obviously save a shit ton of money but i mean you'd still be taking care of the people that you have held on to for fucking years yeah and you would have looked even better in the public eye because this is doing no good favors for the wwe as a public image because they are doing these shows still and they're just letting go people who can't go and make money anywhere fucking else 
It's it's three sides, so it's three folds. It doesn't look good to it doesn't look good in the public eye for three major reasons. You're still you still have people currently wrestling live events not being tested for any sort of viruses beforehand. So if you're gonna have people who are well, I'm sure they contact. Do. I'm, uh, for, I'm sure they're doing what a lot of other people are doing, and they're at least checking temperatures and yeah. checking for symptoms because not it's still hard for people to get tested, even if they are uh, athletes. Like they still can't really they can't really do tests. And and I guess that's fair. Like that part's fair, but it doesn't look good perception wise via the mass via the yeah. masses. Um, the other downside, like the other side of that, is you're now considered an essential business. Any company that I know that's considered an essential business, they're not letting go of people. They're hiring more people. But they're essential essential media. Yeah. See, so they're essential media, and so like even like they're up there with like news stations. They're up with just I don't know. I don't know what the fuck else would be considered essential. Radio media. stations. Radio stations. You know anything that can provide information to the general public. They're essential media because they do provide entertainment, but also like they do provide for the. Apparently, they provide enough of um, of revenue to the state of Florida themselves, which I, I kind of don't understand because they're not running events, or I guess yeah. maybe maybe they get from the tax money that they get from the fucking TV deals or whatever. Um, but like at the same time, also like it's kind of within their right to still, if they're going to be in essential media, they can cut down on whatever staff they're using because they don't even have that many staff in the building just as much as like i'm sure other like radio stations and tv stations they have very like i'm sure they're running on skeleton crews right now because not only because they have to like i'm sure if they could they'd have more people in their buildings but like that's that's how everybody else is running there are so there are certain things aspects are of the company that i can understand getting rid of like i mean you could go ahead and furlough all of your live event staffs the live event staffs, you don't need a lot of the agents because you're not having as many matches. Yeah. But then, you know, at the same time, if you have, so they, they've gone on record as saying they have about 500 million in the reserves, mm-hmm. in the reserve funds. So what is essentially $701,000 a month or $703,000 a month. Yeah. Just, it's bullshit all, all, it's bullshit for them to just say, oh, either you don't have that kind of cash flow or you're stingy. Yeah. And even then, like, they didn't really necessarily have to fire everyone. They could have put all these people on furlough regardless. Like, they yeah. could have had because apparently... Uh, from what's been leaked, these furloughs are lasting until July. Correct. And, you know, I mean, at that point, they can figure out if they can bring people back or if they're going to have to continue it. But you still could have done that because at least that promises them a job when this all ends. And now, right now, they're going to have to start from the start. And, like, you know, again, like, not everybody has a big following. And, you know, they can only do so much on Cameo and Pro Wrestling Tees and stuff like that. But even then, like, they don't have like there's no problem there's no guarantee in them making money because everybody else is losing money as well all the people that watch wrestling right now either don't have money or are losing money too but so, i mean so let's so put I'm, this... sure, I'm sure after when all this ends like you know there's going to be an influx in in purchases for teas and stuff yeah. like and merchandise but like right now everybody's kind of fucked 
the other thing I was going to mention is it also looks bad in the, for the third fold is because Vince McMahon is on President Donald Trump's, uh, you know, team of people who are going to help get this country back together. Uh, hold on, let me find it. And he's been put on uh, the advisory board for... I forgot what the that's, yeah. that's what I'm looking for right now because my my friend was the one that showed me. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, Donald Trump names WWE's Vince McMahon as advisor to restart U.S. economy. Yeah. So hold on, here's it's from the Metro UK. Uh, the U.S. president announced this week he's putting together a group including the commissioners of the nation's top four sports leagues and other executives, <laughs> as well as the great WWE chairman Vince McMahon. Trump also named the likes of NBA NBA's Adam Silver. NFL Chief Roger Goodell, MLB's Rob Manfred, and NHL boss Gary Bateman, or Bettman. Uh, furthermore, he noted that UFC President Dana White is part of the team, alongside Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban and New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft. Speaking during a briefing on Tuesday, Trump talked about the importance of bringing sports back into everyday life after the coronavirus pandemic forced leagues to play whole. He said, we have to get our sports back. I'm tired of watching baseball games that are 14 years old. Bitch, why are you watching TV in the first place? Yeah. Like, Quit watching TV and get this, like... And then he says this, I haven't actually had too much time to watch. I would say maybe I watch one better and then I get back to work. So why the fuck are you complaining? Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. Uh, I don't want to get political, but shut the fuck up. But... Uh, yeah, no, yeah. So he, yeah, it, it looks wrong. And then also with uh, Linda McMahon also formerly being a part of his cabinet. Uh, I think it was like a small business or something like that. Small business? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. This, I mean, obviously, this doesn't look good at all. She now runs President Donald Trump's super PAC um, in Florida. Yeah, yeah, and they donated some money. Eighteen point, I think four, eighteen point five million, apparently, to the state of Florida. Yeah, specifically to the governor's office. Yeah. So. So I yeah. feel no sympathy for the state of Florida. Yeah. But let's get into the meat and potatoes of things. Um, wrestlers who have been released. So I have a list here that I'm going to go through. So we have Rusev, which isn't really much of a surprise for for a lot of people because... He's been very unhappy with what they've been doing or lack of what they've been doing with him. And yeah. um, they haven't had really anything for him, I think, in spite of that. He signed with WWE in 2010 mm. um, during, you know, the start of the Performance Center. Mm-hmm. Around After, the FTW NXT era. Yeah. Debuted in Season 2 of NXT. Mm. And he debuted like a fucking monster. I think he was, a, he was in the Rumble the first year of him being in NXT. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's been – he's done a lot. Over the years, I mean, he's tagged with Aiden English, who was also released, but we'll get to that later. Mm. He uh, he fucking rode in at WrestleMania on a fucking tank. Yes. He married Lana, yep. although that's objective. Uh, that's <laughs> subjective, I mean. Um, so, right, well, yeah, he was, his last thing was he had a storyline with Lana and... Lashley and fucking Liv Morgan and... yeah. Remember he did it almost like kind of a similar thing with the uh, Summer Ray. That's true. I do. I do remember that. 
I completely forgot about that. I completely forgot about Summer Rae. They, I was going back and watching a lot of old WrestleManias just because, and I was kind of like skipping through a lot of them. There's a lot of people I completely forgot about. But we'll get back to that in a little bit. Uh, he grew so a Freddie Mercury mustache, which just... He threw a out. fish? Yep. All right. Um, well. But anyways, so he tweeted like on his Instagram about, about the release. Life is good. God is great. I'll be all right. So, where do you see him going, possibly? Um, I think I mentioned this. I, I don't know if I completely see him going to AEW, because who knows what they would have for him there. Mm-hmm. But I see him as more of, like, a, a good uh, get for either Impact or um, uh, NWA. Anywhere he goes would be fantastic. Like, for fantastic. He'll flourish. And I just don't want him to go to Impact, because Impact is so. I can see them. I can see, see him going to Impact because it looks like they're really like uh, they're really utilizing or they're really heavy on um, big, muscly people, yeah, women included. Yes. Uh, so Kurt Angle, who transitioned into a backstage producer, um, his last match was last year at WrestleMania 35, a retire match which he lost to Baron Corbin. Don't remind me. And let's not forget that his first loss in the company when he joined the WWE was to Taz. Yeah. And Taz made his debut at the uh, World Madison World Square Garden. Garden. Yep. So Kurt Angle said, uh, I want to say thank you for the WWE for the time I spent and many new friends and had the opportunity to work with. So I have had the opportunity to work with so many talented people. To the superstars, continue to entertain the WWE universe as you possibly can. They are the best fans in the world. Hashtag it's true. Um, I don't see Angle touching wrestling for a bit, honestly. He could, because like, he, he was an actor, or he was trying to get into acting. I can see him doing that again, or maybe he does go to back to WWE as a producer eventually, but I could also see him... I don't see him going to AEW. I don't really... Like, again, I don't really see him going anywhere. Yeah. Maybe back to Impact, maybe? Um, but I can see him... I can see him maybe like ROH is doing a bit better. Yeah. Maybe going there. But I, I don't see him touching wrestling for a bit. So, so this brings us to Zach Ryder. Uh, man, where I do we start see, with him? Well, I mean, uh, let's start for where he could probably go. I could already see him and Hawkins going to AEW. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's a package I've, deal. I mean, they have a lot. I mean, honestly, like, they also have a lot of talent they're not necessarily using because of all of this. Yeah. And, like, I don't understand. Like, I like I was thinking about it, too, because I was watching Dark. Um, they have a big roster mm-hmm. for a smaller company. And, like, they are, like they try, they, they do a really good job. They do a pretty good job of uh, uh, rotating the roster every week on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't always see the main people. Yeah, like, you don't even see, um, I would say, Ambrose Moxley every week on um Yeah on dynamite but they do remind you that not only is he, is he the champion but he's still there um i think once they get that second hour on or that third hour that second show on tnt i think yeah. that's where they could probably really utilize them yep i agree i 100 percent agree um yeah both of those both of these guys i'm mean, kurt, kurt hawkins and zach Ryder came into wwe in 2007 uh back in the ovw days And so, uh, actually, I think they went to Deep South when they started. Probably. Um, I don't really – I remember, obviously, Kurt Hawkins with the Edgeheads. 
Yeah. Um, I don't. I wasn't really a. I wasn't really big on either of them. I've never really been a big big, big person on either of them. Zack Ryder, kind of around that time, he won the U.S. title. I've, but even then, I was just like. Eh. I've been a big fan of Zack Ryder for a very, very, very long time. When they were the Edgeheads, uh, the, when they were the Major Brothers. I've always been a huge, huge fan of both of them. Um, like, don't mistake me for like not respecting them, but it's just yeah. like I just never really understood it. They, uh, I think so with Zack Ryder, like I've become more of a fan of him over the past, over maybe the past ten years. Because you've like you've uh, you've seen more of him as a person than you have the character. Yeah, like you have like so Matt Cardona, which is his real name, is like you see him like. If you have ever watched anything with him, whether it be Z, True Long Island uh, Story, his Major Brothers Wrestling Podcast, um, they have the show. They used to have a web show on WWE called Figure It Out. And just kind of his overall, he, like he's a huge, he's a huge nerd, and I love it. Like I love it. Like I see a lot of myself in him, except you know with abs. Yeah, you're like you're like the negative zone version of Zack Ryder. I'm like the bizarro world version of him. Yeah. And so, like, he's a huge Ghostbusters fan. He's, you know, he's just the overall cool dude. And I remember, like, the first, I think it was, uh, there used to be this this show called Toy Hunter Mm -hmm. on Travel Channel. And, like, he showed up on one episode, like, going to pick up, like, a rare vintage, like, Ghostbuster trap. And I was like, oh, one of us. And that's when I, like, my love for him really came out. I was totally gay for him after that. And so, let's see, after that, uh, yeah, his one of his biggest highlights was, you know, winning that IC title at MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. And so he has a new shirt you can buy by just it just says not there um kurt hawkins also has new merch as well on pro wts on pwts go support those two dudes yeah i hope for the best for them i hope they are able to get through everything i hope all these people are able to get through everything right now and then get somewhere soon but they are they will this is all this is all going to benefit uh the smaller wrestling cards in the indies Um. Yeah, I don't like again. Like, I I love Kurt Hawk. I mean, I I I love what they've done so far. I just never really got into them in their prime, I guess. Um, but they'll they'll figure it out. I think like, I I should probably get into Zack Ryder's shit a little bit more. I'm gonna than pause I this should, for but... just a second. Okay, no problem. All right, and I guess that leads us to Eric Rowan. Or just that one, that one was the most shocking because he was literally on TV not that long ago. Yeah, and he he was literally on TV not too long ago, and it's just kind of weird that poof gone. They what? killed the spider and he killed him. Yeah, so technically, um, Drew McIntyre got rid of Rowan. Yep. So that is a. Uh, Half of the White family officially just gone from WWE. Yeah, that's true. And that's like money on. Let's 
that's money and feuds on a table that they left on a table for Fiend. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think they were ever going to go back to him and Luke Harper. No, because that was already because that was already. I don't know. He never. I mean, he never really turned on Wyatt. Yeah. Neither of them did. The only person that did was Strowman. Yeah. I don't, wouldn't necessarily say Strowman did either. Strowman just got drafted to another brand. That's true. But I digress. Um, so, yeah, Rowan, obviously, white family for a very, very long time, then a part of Bludgeon Brothers, and then he had a, a pet animatronic spider. It wasn't even animatronic. I wish it was animatronic. It was literally like a Build-A-Bear spider. <laughs> it was garbage. It was a garbage, garbage spider. Um, where do you see him going, possibly? Um, has he ever been to Japan? I don't think he's been to Japan. But probably either AEW or, again, another um, possible uh, NWA person. True. I could see it in NWA I as well. See, I can honestly see him going back to WWE at some point. He, they, I think they probably have too much use for him. No, this next one is on my list is uh, the most shocking for me, which is uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Yeah, that one threw everybody off, especially since he, they were a part of the Boneyard match. Yeah, they were part of the Boneyard uh, main event. <laughs> you yeah, can't see Matthew rolling his eyes at me. I literally rolled him all the way around. <laughs> he did an Undertaker. He was just like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows is... This isn't his first release with WWE. He used to be uh, Festus. He was also Luke Gallows. Yeah. In the Straight Edge Society. And uh, then he went to TNA. And then Japan. Oh, yeah, he was TNA. He was TNA. And then he went Japan. Yeah. And then that's where he joined up with uh, Carl Anderson, Anderson, Machine Gun Carl Anderson for the Bullet Club. And that's when he became Doc Gallows. Yep. Where did Doc come from? Is that like an old Western thing? I think so. There's a dog barking outside. Hmm. Shut up now. Um, yeah, so they joined Bullet Club in Japan. I'm pretty sure that's where they're going to go back again. You cut out, say again? I said, I'm pretty sure they're going to go back to Japan. In Japan or... AEW? Yeah. I was about to say, who do they know in AEW, but they know the Bucks, so... They know the Bucks in Omega. So I don't see why they wouldn't go back. Oh, I can see, you know, they probably have a better time in Japan, especially for the tag team division. Yeah. But then again, AEW is bringing up tag team wrestling in, as a whole, so I don't know. It's uh, it's whatever they feel works best for them and their families. Whoever, whoever's going to give them the better payday, though, too. Mm. Now, here's one of the more interesting ones. Um, Sarah Logan. This one I heard broke a lot of hearts. Yeah. So she was very, very well loved backstage by a lot of the talent. Um, she just worked this past Monday. Not, well, not the Monday after we recorded this, but last week, Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and um, was it Baszler? Cave broke her arm. Yeah. And uh, 
even recently, like last on last night's Raw, they were mentioning her name. So hopefully, she's apparently not... they thought about using her. Yeah. Uh, last night, but then they also did this, they decided against it last minute because she. You're broken. You're breaking up there. I'm sorry. Um, apparently they were going to use her last night, but then they uh they reversed that decision that last minute because she they wanted her to sell the arm injury. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, next up on the list, EC3. So this one isn't too much of a surprise as well because he's been wanting to get out of his his contract, what it seems like, for a while now, and Vince kind of lost. Like, whatever, whatever love he had for EC3 at the beginning was completely lost maybe like a month in. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, good things happen for him. And here's another like major, major surprise when it when it was announced. Uh Drake Maverick. Mm, it was surprising, but also not surprising because they weren't really using him to begin with for a while anyways. Not even until five live. Yeah, it was surprising in the sense that they literally announced him like two days prior to being part of the cruiserweight uh the cruiserweight challenge for Which he's uh, still gonna do. Yeah. So I'm hoping that you know that that uh stays around for a bit. Um Mike and Maria Canellis, again, not too much of a surprise for Mike Canellis, but Maria had just signed a new contract. And then Maria wanted to stay around. Mike was the one that was asking for his release. Yeah. So they're expecting they just had their second baby nine weeks ago. Oh wow. That's already been nine weeks. Yeah. Um oh but they also released they also update um announced that they are starting a new podcast. Yep. Yep. What was it? The uh, the non essential Yeah. The non essential wrestlers. So go support them in that because they literally have milk money to earn. Yeah. Uh, another surprising one for me personally was Heath Slater. It just got kids. Yeah, he has kids, and I mean, he's the only member of Three uh, and B to not be a world champion yet. Yeah. He's gonna come back in two years, jacked. And so, uh, we'll talk more about that, and uh, I'll talk more about Heath Slater later because. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but over overall, like that's kind of a bummer. He was a cool dude. Uh no way Jose, which is not a surprise. I heard he was using the house shots a lot though. Yeah. Um, Eric Young. Well, again, another unsurprising one. I yep. guess he had transitioned to a producer as well in the back. Yep. Uh Leo Rush. There's um, a, a lot of controversy with him. Yeah, there's a lot. He ruffled a lot of feathers. He uh, pissed off a lot of people in the back. So, uh, Primo and Epico, which I don't even remember the last time I seen them on WWE TV. But they're being utilized a lot in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, and then here's another one that kind of struck me as a surprise. Uh, Diana Perrazzo. Yeah, that one was surprising, but apparently she wasn't necessarily too broken up about it. Um, yeah. She posted on her Instagram that she had been wanting it for a while, but ne- didn't necessarily vocalize it. Yeah. But, I mean, like, she seems okay with it. You know, that's what's, I mean, 
she'll find something else later on but i mean she's happy with it or she's okay with it now so i think that's what matters the most um dan martha which i'm not sure if he was he the uh I want to pull something up real quick because I am really good at multitasking. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, Dan Mark or Dan Marta, aka a Dorian Mac. Um, so here's what's surprising about this: poor guy in the last thirty days was in a car crash, ejected out of his out of his car. Jesus. Uh, had to get emergency surgery to basically staple his head back up together. So he has like this kind of gaping hole in the back of his head. And then he was released by WWE. Wow. So that should tell you all you need to know about how some of these, some of these releases were going. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, then we have MJ Jerkins, who I don't really know enough about, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. These are the uh, NXT releases. Yeah, most of these releases are all the the uh, the European hires. Yeah, Alisa Marino, uh, Alexander Jenskik, and then uh, we have our confirmation of producers that have been furloughed. Mm-hmm. So that is Fit Finley. Shane Helms, Billy Kidman, uh, Matt, Mike Rotundo, a.k.a. IRS, or a.k.a. Bull Dallas and Bray White's daddy, mm. Pat Buck, Sean Devari, and Scott Armstrong, and Sarah Shock, as well as Lance Storm. Uh-huh. So they've been all furloughed. Um, coaches who have been released, Selena Dweeb, who's used to be a part of the Straight Edge Society with CM Punk. We'll get more into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kino Cash, Cassio Sono, basically. Yeah, that one is uh, that one was confirmed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Ace Steel, aka Chris Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, announcers that were released: Aiden English, who was part of the Vod Villains, part of Rusev Day, also married to uh, Eddie Guerrero, Guerrero's daughter Shao Guerrero. Mm. And then uh, Jerry Soto, which really fucking hurt hurt me because I love Jerry Soto. If you ever watched the uh, Spanish commentary, yeah, that's who he was. Yeah. Um, referees Mike Chioda, which was surprising. The referee ones were surprising. Yeah, he's been with WWE for thirty-one years. Jesus. So that was a bit of a bummer. And then. Uh, one of the people we know from creative was uh, Andrea Listenberg, who is did the work on the May, Mandy Rose Otis stuff. Oh, uh. so she's one of one of your best segments. You're gonna get rid of the the writer who was in charge of that. Yeah, because that's you know makes sense. Yeah. Uh, just Janiah Williams, you know, better known as uh, Whistle and Flow, the rapper for NXT. Uh huh. And then uh, John Cuteo, who's part of 205 Live's announcer team, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Uh-huh. So those are the ones that we had no confirmed. 
and that kind of sucks. Like that, that really, really sucks. Not to, uh, not to move too far off track, but so this was just reported in the last two hours, but uh, Oliver Luck, who is a XFL commissioner, is suing Vince McMahon after XFL's bankruptcy. Yeah, I don't so, think it's going anywhere. Huh? It's not going to go anywhere. Apparently said uh, he had a contract for 20 to $25 million. And... But he didn't have the contract with McMahon. He had the contract with the XFL. He True. had the, the contract with, with Anthem Sports. True. So, well, he's filing not for only for himself, but as well as some of the coaches and uh, and staff. Mm. So, we'll see how it shakes out. Be yeah. an interesting couple of uh, be an interesting couple of weeks or months for that. Uh, switching gears. So switching gears on things. Twenty or sorry, ten years ago. Ten years ago, around this time, we had a transition period of the end of WWE, the WWE era of uh, ECW. Yeah, ten years and five days ago, uh, they finally closed the chapter on a thing that they revived that they should have kept dead or shouldn't have left as long as they let it live. Because WWE ECW went on for about four years. Yep. Almost exactly four years. They're about four months away from hitting the exact four-year mark. And by 2010, it had, well, even like within a year, it had completely dissolved. It was, it really wasn't what it was supposed to be or what Paul Heyman really wanted it to be. Yeah. And honestly, it never was. It never was going to be the old ECW. It was really going to be really hard to do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, WWE ECW, the final episode, took place on February 16th of 2010. And to get here um, about two weeks earlier on the February 2nd uh, episode of WWE ECW, Vince McMahon came out around towards the uh, last the last quarter of the, of the hour. Uh, he came out real quick and he looked around and you can tell, like, it's funny when I was watching it, you could tell that they piped in the, the applause. Yeah. It was really bad, and he announced it was a real quick, maybe like one two minute announcement that uh, on September sixteenth they were gonna have the last episode of EC. Ooh, you froze up. ECW ever? It was gonna. They were gonna fold, and they were gonna. Oh, sorry. That ECW was gonna fold, and that this February sixteenth episode was gonna be the last one, and then they were gonna replace it with uh, a new show called NXT. And it was not obviously the NXT that we know now. It was a different NXT where it was a very reality show based. Yes. But we'll get into that after. But yes, right now, this, this uh, February 16th was the final ECW um, show for the WWE. And real quick, let's, I'm going to go over the card real quick before we go everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Yoshitatsu versus Goldust. Versus, uh, sorry, Yoshitatsu and Goldust versus Show Miz for the Unified Tag Team titles. Miz Show. We had, uh, I, on here it has Show Miz. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, we had uh, the final Abraham Washington um talk show we had ezekiel and then we oh my god jesus christ are you kidding me this is all this this felt a lot longer than it really was yeah then we had ezekiel jackson versus christian for the ecw title and under contested under extreme rules the so it felt much much longer than it was because that abraham washington Washington show was like 
fucking ever. It felt like fucking forever watching it. Uh, it was. It felt like forever. But the uh, Christian match was about half an hour long. Jesus Christ. So, the uh, it didn't feel like it though. Like, like the Christian match felt like really, really short. And but it's about half an hour long. No, uh, no that felt that felt as, as long as it really was. But then again, you also had Christian coming out and cutting like a very uh, passionate promo. Very passionate promo about ECW and stuff like that. One of the things he said is, you know, I, I'm going to retain this. I'm going to retain this championship, and you know, the history of ECW is going to live on, live on through me. Did he succeed? We'll find, find out. out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's go start of the match. We have the intro that old. Uh, what was it? The then now for everyone. The one where it shows yeah. uh, fucking old school, old school wrestling, and then kind of goes into everything else. Um, and then okay, so I totally forgot about Yoshitatsu. I did, and I never really like. I never really watched him when he was around this era because this is when this is around the time I stopped watching WWE. This is when I started like watching Impact more or TNA more, and I started getting into like ROH and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he teams up with Goldust and they go after Miz Show or Show Miz, however you want to say it. I guess uh, I totally forgot that Big Show and Miz are a tag team, mm-hmm. and I also forgot the horrible combination they used to do with these people's fucking mashups of themes. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so fucking horrible. I also like I'm really surprised of like the one thing that stuck out to me is that they're doing this in like a full ass arena. Yeah. They're doing these ECW shows in a full ass arena and like I have to wonder cuz like these show this like this show was literally I mean edited down. It was 47 minutes and 18 and 20 seconds, 18 seconds long. So like did people really have to pay like full price for for an hour show of ECW, no, or were they no, no, recorded no, no, no. before SmackDown or like Raw. These, so these were not recorded after SmackDown, but they've aired. So they were, they were recorded after SmackDown after they did SmackDown's tapings. Oh, okay. Because I was about to say, like you, like an EC, any ECW show, especially around this time, would have never have filled up a fucking no yeah. arena of any size. Not even a bingo hall. Maybe a bingo hall. But. So we got Yoshitatsu versus Goldust versus Sho- uh, Yoshitatsu and Goldust versus Shomiz for the Unified Tag Team titles. Again, I totally forgot that not only were they a team, that they were draped in gold because also Miz still had the, the United States title. Yeah. So I, I remember hating him for so much for that because I was just like, how does this guy have so much fucking gold? And then after the. Uh, so the winners of that match was uh, Miz Show. Was Miss Show, and again you have WWE titles being contested in ECW. Yeah, these are tag. These are the WWE SmackDown and Raw tag teams, or the World Tag Team titles. And- well, to be fair, for a while, like the SmackDown with- tag team titles, the Unified tag team titles, and they're being. No, so for a while, the SmackDown tag titles were defended on both ECW as well as SmackDown. I mean, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I think the whatever mid card title SmackDown had mm-hmm. was part was a part of uh, ECW as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did you remember? I think I brought this up to you before you watched this. Did you remember Savannah at all? I didn't. Really? Right. I didn't yeah. remember her at all. I didn't. It was so weird because you were like when I was watching this originally, you were watching uh, WrestleMania twenty six. Yeah, the same WrestleMania from that year. Yeah, um, yeah. Savannah was the ring announcer at that time. Uh, I remember 
you break yeah i was watching because again i was skipping around a lot of wrestlemanias and sorry i was skipping around a lot of wrestlemanias and i skipped to the money in the bank and i remember like who the fuck is that announcing and like she's not horrible but like she wouldn't be the first person i'd go to if i were to bring an announcer back no not at all but Uh, but yeah the match roughly goes like a little over 10 minutes and Shoma's Misho retain over Goldust and Yoshitatsu. Where are they now? Well, Miz is still on with WWE. Big Show, I guess, is officially retired. So wait, so did McIntyre retire him? I guess. Another part-timer. A part-timer that's actually kind of used right. Yeah. They never really specified it. Um, fun fact, Big Show had five different uh, face turns that night. <laughs> one on SmackDown don't count. He only had one on this one. <laughs> um, Goldust so, is obviously back to Dustin Rhodes in AEW. Yoshitatsu, he's in uh, New Japan, right? Yeah, I believe he's in New Japan. Uh, oh yeah, he got, he's the one that got his neck broken by AJ Styles. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's in. He's still in New Japan. Horrible commentator. Yeah. Horrible commentator. Horrible. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, there was a skit with Tiffany and Zack Ryder. Um, Tiffany, I, I don't know what the hell happened to her. I totally forgot about her. And not only did I forget about her, I forgot that she was the ECW general manager. I time. did too. Apparently, Teddy Long was GM too for a while for ECW. I kind of remember that. And so, Tiffany, we don't, I don't know what happened to her. Zack Ryder sadly was released just this past week. Then, Originally, when I wrote my notes for this, this, my notes for this, this was before Zack Ryder was released. Yeah. So. And real quick, uh, and then who else? And then it was not Maurice. It was, no, it was a, uh, it was uh, Eva Mendez or Eva Mendez. There we go. No, not Rosa. Rosa Mendez. Rosa Mendez. There we go. Yeah, Rosa Mendez is another one that I kind of forgot about. I didn't forget about her too much. She she has a so. She. I'm a I'm I'm alcohol free and she's part of one of the uh, sober groups that I'm in. Who? Uh, Rosa Mendez. Really? Yeah. And so I I haven't forgotten her too much because of that reason mm-hmm. because of that specific reason. Um, she's doing good. She's married. She has she's married to uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's in the band. I heard yeah I heard about that. I know like there was a bunch of people that kind of brought that up a few years ago. So like mm-hmm. I know she's okay. So yeah. that's just, Totally forgot that she was in WWE for a second. Yeah, uh, she's around, part of. Uh, she's married, has kids. She's good. Good on her. Yeah. Uh, around this time, they start slowly introducing uh, the NXT rookies and the pros. Well, they they're introducing the concept of NXT. So yeah. all rookies are going to be paired with a WWE pro. So the one before this uh, this segment. Uh, they announced that Justin Gabriel, the NXT rookie, was going to be pro- paired with uh, the WWE pro Matt Hardy, um, who was not necessarily in his uh, in his version one phase, but he they were what in what they call the Fat Hardy phase. Yeah, or getting to there. Um, but I mean, again, it wasn't necessarily really doing too much. Um, after when they come back from the commercial break. After this segment, they uh, announced the NXT rookie Skip Sheffield, who later goes on to be known as Ryback, gets paired with his WWE Pro MVP. Oh, yeah, that's right. MVP was a pro. Yeah, he was, if, if not for just that one season. Yeah. Huh. Oh, I mean, they only did have one season anyways. Did you know he's coming? 
Yeah, that nobody can stop him. <laughs> uh, and he keeps Oof. coming and coming because apparently he's never going to be retired. Yeah. He's had his retirement match like twice already. Let's get rid of Zack Ryder, but keep MVP. Um, after this, we have the Abraham Washington show. Do you remember who the fuck Abraham Washington was? No, I don't. Okay, so I looked up Abraham Washington, and after this, so apparently he's a wrestler. He was supposed to be a wrestler. He was a wrestler, and he had a talk show on ECW, just like the Carlitos Caribbean or like the <laughs> was it the highlight reel? Yeah. Uh, this dude was not funny. No, he wasn't. He was not funny. You could tell that like he like was just trying so hard to make everything work. But like so I looked him up and like he got drafted to SmackDown, I think. He got drafted to SmackDown and they tried to make him a commentator and while he was on commentary, he made a Kobe joke. Oh. He made a joke on commentary about how or he said said something along the lines of, Yeah, just like um just like Kobe Bryant in a hotel room in Colorado, I am unstoppable. And I think he was supposed to just be on commentary for that segment, or I don't know if he was supposed to be on commentary for that show, but they pulled him off. And then when they came back from commercial, Michael Cole had to apologize for that, for that joke on air. (laughs) And then after that, uh, he was gone. Like they fired him maybe like a week or two after. Yeah. Um, And then I guess he tried doing the indies or he's still on the indies. I couldn't really tell from the Wikipedia but like, obviously, he hasn't really done much. Yeah, he hasn't done much. It was a, uh, it was actually during a Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, okay. So uh, Abraham Washington is doing his show, and he has uh, WWE Legend Tony Atlas as sort of the Ed McMahon uh, role. It was a, such like it was horrible. So like it was so awkward, so horrible. Like I remember watching, and I was just like, this is so fucking cringeworthy. It is, and like you have, well, I mean, like first off, it doesn't work, and then what makes it even worse is that you have Tony Atlas just a essentially fucking, laugh track. Yeah, a living you're using a living legend as your as your laugh track. Yeah, and like this dude, like really, like it's not even like go away. He it's just like this is just bad. So from that, you had Shelton Benjamin come out. Yeah, Shelton Benjamin come out. He had him come out and just be like. Uh, everybody's like doesn't care about your show or where the last guest is. Everybody's wondering where everybody's going to go as free agents. Uh, and then you have he's burning essentially Abraham Washington and Tony Alice continues to just fucking laugh even at his own host. Yeah, which is actually kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and then you basically this whole segment is just people coming out interrupting people one after another because after uh, Shelton Benjamin you have Vance Archer. Yeah. And this is, you had told me, I, and I forgot too, that fucking Lance Archer was an ECW. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I completely forgot about that. Uh, like when I was watching that last episode, I was like, holy shit, he wasn't, like, he wasn't WWE. Uh, after Vance Archer comes out and interrupts Shelton Benjamin, you have uh, Kalen Croft. Is that how you say Kalen Croft and Trent Beretta. Trent Beretta. Which Trent Beretta is part of uh, Best Friends. Now in AEW, yes. Yeah. Um, I totally forgot that. Again, and I totally forgot Trent Beretta was part of WWE. I keep forgetting that. I think maybe that's why he was only able to go by Beretta and New Japan is because WWE probably still owns the name. Probably. Uh, no, because he was Trent Beretta in, in uh, New Japan as well. So I don't think those rights like like, send out to... Uh... Yeah, that's what I just said. 
the yeah Japanese the Japanese don't really recognize copyright yeah. laws sometimes. Well, no, that's the Mexicans. Never mind. Either way, <laughs> it's both. Uh, but yeah, they come out, and then uh, Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah, I remember back Kozlov. I actually liked him. I know I not too many people that liked him, but I actually kind of liked him. I liked the song more than anything. I think. Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Kozlov came out, and then a fight literally ensued. Um, and then uh, Kozlov and Shelton basically clear the ring of all the heels because everybody that's not them are the heels. And then they shake hands, and then they look forward to, I guess, wherever they're going to fucking end up going after this. Have you seen what Kozlov looks like now? He kind of looks like um, like an older Jason Statham. Yeah. Because he's just a stuntman now. He's completely retired from wrestling. Yeah. But he's, like, jacked, bearded, and just... Like, he looks completely different. He we completely redid his body physique. Yeah, I mean, he has to in order to do what he wants to do for the movies and shit like that. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, I, again, he tried going on the indies, and he just liked doing the... Uh, uh, he liked doing movies more, and you know what? That's good for him. He was in... Um, what movie was he in? I know he was in a movie. He does a lot of uh, stunt doubles for... But he was in a big movie. I want to say The Expendables, but I don't think that's right. Uh, no, he was in Expendables as well, but I don't know if it was a stunt double or just a small cameo. But I know he does a lot of stunt double work for uh, for Dave Batista. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So. After, this, after this whole mess that was a shitty end of, or shitty mid of ECW, we have another introduction of Michael Tarver as the NXT rookie getting paired with the pro uh, Carlito. Did you know he spits in the face of people who don't want to be cool? That's what I hear. Uh, Tarver was only with WWE up until the Nexus, up until 2011, and then he wrestled for the NWA, and then made some appearances for NJPW and Chikara as well. Yep. I don't think he's retired. I think he's actually still doing stuff, if I'm correct. But, I mean, his biggest thing was really the Nexus. Yep. Yeah, he's apparently still... The Nexus reunited for Chikara in 2018, King of the Trios. Um... The last match of the night was Christian versus Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah, for... in, 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 uh, an Extreme Rules match for the ECW Championship. Hold on real quick. We have one more. Uh, NXT rookie Daniel Bryan with uh, WWE Pro The Miz. Yeah. I wonder uh, how those two pair, will nothing. pair out. Yeah, most of them are doing nothing. Yeah. We literally just said that they're fucking The Miz and WWE. Um, and then we have a whole big ass um, uh, commercial for the Elimination Chamber for that year because this is the weekend before the Elimination Chamber, right? Yes, this yeah, is yeah, one yeah. week before this Elimination week before Chamber. Chamber. And then the week that uh, NXT debuts was before the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the final match of the night was Christian, Christian versus uh, Ezekiel Jackson for the ECW championship. Um, Ezekiel Zach Jackson at the time was managed by uh, William Regal. Real quick, hold on. Let me go over these elimination chambers that they have that they're, they're pimping right now. Okay. You have for the WWE. That's like like this is the state of the WWE as a whole. You you keep talking real quick. I'll, I'll be right back. For the WWE championship, we have an elimination chamber match. We have Rat. Want to say that's right? No, that's Ted DiBiase, Randy Orton, Sheamus. Who is the WWE champion? John Cena, 
Triple H in his DX gear, and Kofi Kingston. This is 2010, so this is a year after Kofi's best year, essentially. Oh, no, this is the year. Yeah, this is his, his a rookie year still, because the WrestleMania 26 was his first WrestleMania. So we have that as your Elimination Chamber, the WWE Championship. For your World Heavyweight Championship on SmackDown, we have Rey Mysterio, uh, R-Truth, John Morrison, CM Punk, Chris Jericho, and the World Heavyweight Champion, The Undertaker player. Um, I mean, everybody in at least this match has been around for a while, except R-Truth. R-Truth hasn't came back maybe like a year or two before this, or actually no, a couple years before this. So that's the only one that stands out. Uh, the only people that haven't been champion in the past are obviously R-Truth and John Morrison. John Morrison never, well, he hold the he held the ECW title, but he never held anything else, anything bigger. He held his dick. Did you, uh, did you want me to run down the World Heavyweight one again? No, no, no. And then, yeah, so you finally, sorry. Oh, and then one more announcement. Uh, Heath Slater as your rookie. Paired yeah. With Pro. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's the World Heavyweight, the ECW Heavyweight Championship match. So what's kind of cool is uh, we'll talk about it in a minute after after we talk about Christian Cage's uh, Christian Cage's final match with Ezekiel Jackson to end the to end the ECW. So Christian Cage before his match cut a promo. You know, saying he represents all of the ECW champions from the past, and that he'll retain his title and you know honor their memory. And he really does because he comes to the ring with a grocery cart with a trash can that has kendo sticks and crutches. Yeah, very Tommy Dreamer, New Jack. Very, very Tommy Dreamer, New Jackish fashion. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they had a really, really good Extreme Rules match. Really? I thought it was good. Uh, I thought it was good. It, was, it wasn't bad for what it was. It was honestly a lot better than I think this whole show really, like, yeah. really, like, you know, could have been. Oh, here's the last one. Fucking Darren Young as the rookie and CM Punk as the pro. Yes. That so, one was the most surprising. I'll talk about that more in just a bit. But uh, Ezekiel Jackson is accompanied to the ring by William Regal because apparently that was a thing. Yeah, there were, he was his manager at the time. Um, Ezekiel Jackson ended up winning the title and then disappeared from the face of the earth. Yeah, he hasn't really done much. I mean, has he really hit the? Did he really hit the Indies? I don't even think he really hit the Indies. Um, so, from my understanding, he. So, uh, pulling up his Wikipedia real quick, he's also 41 years old, which is fucking insane. Yeah, he was pretty, he was, he was kind of up there. And so, he pretty much did WWE, and I mean, that's kind of it. He went to TNA for a little bit in 2014. Mm-hmm. Like, he went to TNA for a little bit um, and then Lucha Underground. Yeah, I remember him and Lucha Underground a bit. And then that was kind of it. But I know he left WWE because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, his uh, he had death in the family. So, he had, well, first he had oh, injury. 
Yeah, he had an injury and then he had death in the family, if I'm not mistaken. I just, I just remember not seeing him after ECW, and I was kind of okay with it because I didn't really care for him at all. Well, he got injured, so shortly after his title win, he took a couple of months off, and then he came back and got injured, and then he was gone for a couple more months, and then boom, just gone. Yeah. I love his theme. Uh, I don't remember it. Uh, Domination. Don't you should know domination. <laughs> Anyways, uh, man, you guys, it was, it was you guys couldn't see the awkward moment we just had staring at each other. Uh, anyways, that was the uh, final bullet to the head for ECW. <sighs> but wait. There was a show called NXT. Yes, the first episode of NXT, WWE NXT, before it was just NXT, um, took place on, well, it was aired on February 23rd of 2010, so a literal week after the death blow to ECW. Yeah. And it featured pros, um, pros and... And uh, rookies. So the pro we've talked about the pro pairing. So it was Wade Barrett with Chris Jericho, David Otungo with our truth, uh, Justin Credible, or sorry, ju- not Justin Credible. That's someone else. Justin Gabriel. Justin Gabriel with Matt Hardy, Heath Slater with Christian, Darren Young with CM Punk, uh, Skip Sheffield with William Regal, mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan with The Miz, and Michael Tarver with Carlito. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the beginning of NXT, uh, they have essentially all the rookies lined up, mm-hmm. and they're introducing them a little bit one by one. And then the Miz comes in and he talks about what it's what it takes to be a WWE superstar, and he calls his rookie, who is Daniel Bryan, and he tells him to go to the ring and show him what character, what kind of charisma that he has. And so they do a whole thing where. Miz essentially comes out and talks down Daniel Bryan because he didn't think he did a good enough job on the mic. And then they kind of go back and forth. And uh, Daniel Bryan is just like, what are you, just a catchphrase? Like, there's fucking, like, that doesn't really matter. That doesn't really make you anything. And this whole thing lasts, like, ten minutes. Yeah. This is, like, the first ten minutes of NXT. And it's already kind of boring. Although I kind of do like Daniel Bryan back in the American Dragon phrase. And so Daniel Bryan actually said about NXT, NXT was kind of a last-minute thing, the whole show. I don't think they really knew what they were going to do with the concept of NXT, so a lot of it was very interesting and wild, part to, wild to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went on to say, or sir, he went on to say, I've had this pulled up. Miz was perfect to be my pro. He's the... the uh, Anticipus of everything I stand for. Yep. And then Miss said, I did slap Brian in the face right right at the very first show just to give a rookie, every rookie, a taste of what's to come. And uh, Brian replied to that, I think it was, I think I, it ended up being very good for me, them putting me in that role because right away people who were fans of me knew were, were ticked off. They were putting me as a rookie with the Miz. Miz is my pro. And more of the audience had seen, never seen me before, start to feel bad for me. 
So I got that sympathy in the role of the underdog. Yeah, he got that sympathy, and it worked out really well because, like, even in when he was introducing himself um, in that first segment, like, people actually kind of got behind him pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, it wasn't obviously at the capacity that it is now, but, like, he, he was doing a pretty good job of winning the crowd over. And then at the end of this thing, announced that he's going against the world heavyweight champion, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Like, how good is that? Like, honestly, like, if you were to put any of these other guys probably in with, uh, with Jericho on what's supposed to be essentially their debut – it wouldn't have worked out as well as it did with Daniel Bryan. No, not at all. And the first match we actually got was a tag team match between... Um, Carlito and, Dan- and uh, Michael Tarver. Tarver versus Christian and Heath Slater. Yeah. Which, you know, one thing that will never be able to take away from Heath Slater is he won the very first NXT match. Yeah, that's true. So... That's something, uh, uh, you know, that's that's something. Yeah. It was funny is that right as, like, so when they're introducing Tarver and Carlito, they don't even do, like, a little exposition on Tarver like they do for Heath Slater. They do one on David Otunga. Yeah. And who I forgot was married to Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. But then again, why would I know that? So, so like, that very first episode, we had, you know, we had expeditions for, or we had like little video packages for uh, a lot of the wrestlers actually. So a lot of wrestlers with the exception of Michael Tarver and Daniel Bryan. So there was, there was a video package for like Darren Young. There was a video package for Heath Slater. Uh, David Otunga had his own as well as Wade Barrett. Yeah. Cause those were the ones, those were the main ones. Uh, after the match, we have uh, we have Darren Young talking to CM Punk in the Straight Edge Society of Gallows and Serena. Yeah, yeah, that one. Like, I understand. Like, they were going for the end, like you know the complete opposites of Daniel Bryan and Miz, but this one did not work at all. It did not because, like, <laughs> honestly, they should have paired Darren Young with Truth, and then. Yeah. Who did Truth have? Truth had Otunga. They put a, they could have put David Otunga with with uh, Punk, and yeah. it probably would have worked out a lot better. The chemistry would have worked a lot better. But you and I both um, commented on this when we were watching it. Punk does not look like he wants to be there at all. No, he did not. Yeah, yeah like you know, is that that's either brilliant acting because he's either doing it really perfectly or he really didn't want to be there. <laughs> I'm guessing it's the latter of the two. Because this but then is again, like... that's kind of what the straight edge society was like. They're all. All three of them were looking down on, on Darren Young the whole entire time. Yeah. But also, I was thinking too, I was just like, this is a really easy paycheck for them because one, they're getting on TV. Two, they're getting paid to be on TV. Three, all they have to do is just look like they're disgusted. And they do it perfectly. They do. Uh, they really, really do. It's. Uh, the next match, we have David Ota- uh, Sorry, we have Darren Young uh, with his pro CM Punk and the Straight Edge Society coming out to CM Punk's music. Which is weird. It is. It is really weird seeing. So, like watching the the that very first episode, watching Daniel Bryan come out to Mrs. Music, or watching uh, Darren watching Darren Young Punk. coming out to CM Punk's music, is just so weird. The only one that really works is like David Tongue and Our Truth, just because. Yeah, that fucking hair though. Yeah. No, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, yeah. David Tongue looks like he'd probably fit it, but he still looks like he would have been fit better with CM Punk. No, yeah, one like I think I think Darren Young probably would have had like not only really a lot more fun, but like it would have came off as a lot more 
I guess fun for the for the fans to see Darren Young with R Truth. It was weird. It was a weird, weird episode. Weird, weird show to start out with. And this is a, essentially a squash match. A squash match. Because mm-hmm. Darren Young beats. I mean, David Otunga beats Darren Young pretty quickly. So the for the first twelve weeks of the show, no one's eliminated. It wasn't until week twelve where we got like three eliminations in a row. Which was we forgot to do eliminations. <laughs> so very quick no, I'm sorry. very very quickly, uh so the first people eliminated were Skip Shedfield, Michael Tarver, and Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah, that's right. He didn't get eliminated, which is stupid. Yeah. I wonder and if that then, was planned. I'm pretty sure that was by design. The then it was Darren Young got eliminated, Heath Slater got eliminated, Justin Gabriel got eliminated. The last two were David Otunga and Wade Barrett, which Wade Barrett would become the winner of the first season of Tough Enough. Okay, you froze up. Say that again. Oh, uh, let's repeat myself. So after that, it was Darren Young eliminated, Heath Slater, mm-hmm. Justin Gabriel. And then the last two were David Otunga and Wade Barrett, which Wade Barrett eventually won. Yeah, I remember that. Um, mm. After the Darren Young David Otunga match, uh, they had they when they used to do the fucking Raw rebound and they would catch up on everybody on the major storyline from Raw. Mm-hmm. They do uh, John Cena and Batista, uh, and I forgot that this was a whole thing where uh, McMahon was just fucking with John Cena for. Actually, it seems like for no reason whatsoever. Um, and they do essentially the story lead up to their match at WrestleMania 26 for the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we go into our main event, which is Chris Jericho, who is flanked by his NXT rookie and uh, later on winner, uh, Wade Barrett. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen this uh, where. Um, Jericho comes out and he doesn't want to be introduced by Savannah. He wants his rookie to introduce him. Yep. And Wade Barrett's talking and talking and talking, and he and Jericho grabs him and it's just like, just shut up, and introduce me. Wade Barrett goes, fine, have it your way. And I guess uh, Wade Barrett just completely spaced out and forgot that he was supposed to introduce Jericho, which is why he was just talking and talking and talking. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Every time I see, like when I saw it, I immediately started laughing because you could tell Jericho was just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and then you have uh, Daniel Bryan coming out with his pro the Miz, and it's funny how like the 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 dynamic that like you know they're trying to convey where Miz just comes out like just way ahead of Daniel Bryan, and just all the contempt that Miz has for Daniel Bryan in this yeah. whole thing. Beautiful. Um, and this match gets about ten minutes. Or like nine minutes, actually. That's right. It was about a 10-minute match. It, I mean, it's weird to see what NXT was and what it's become. Because mm-hmm. NXT is so different. Oh, yeah. It's much more different. It was like, yeah, this is their really, like, their shot or, like, their attempt of doing, like, a reality uh, kind of show, which is kind of, like, I don't know. Like, I, like the reason why I didn't like NXT because I didn't like the whole reality show of it like i don't want them i don't want them i don't want to see them do like 
like activities or like challenges or whatever. Like the whole K run one was kind of stupid. Like, I, I don't mean, want to. Like, I don't want to. Tough enough for that. Yeah, but I mean, tough enough is cursed. Like nobody really came out of that, and like I mean, people did, but they weren't even the winners. Uh, John Morrison. Oh yeah, John Morrison. But then again, what the hell is he even doing? He got eliminated within like a minute from Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble this year. That's he had more success outside of the WWE than he than he's had inside of WWE. That's fair. I mean, but yeah, that's, that's not his fault. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, um, depending on who you ask in the company, it's his fault. I mean, he did beg Molina. So did Batista. I wonder if it was at the same time. <laughs> I wonder if she could answer how big Batista's dick is. <laughs> just don't, hey, just don't let Taya know about him and Melina. Yeah. Oof. Hey, she's been on BTE, huh? She has. Okay, I was wondering who that was. She has been on BTE. Wait, were were Mundo and Luchasaurus tag partners? Uh, I think they were at one point, and uh, Lucha or Impact? I think in Lucha. Because I, I, that's why like it lost me. Because like I stopped watching Lucha Underground after a while, so that's where it lost me. I think in Lucha Underground they were tag team partners. Uh, but anyways, overall, for the first season of NXT, it is a big thumbs down for me because it's just no. Yeah, it's like a thumb in the middle for maybe just because of Daniel Bryan alone. You know what? It gets a little bit of a redeeming factor for me because watching CM Punk and Darren Young is fucking gold. That's fucking hair, dude. No, Darren Young's hair, and then they only show Ryback at the very beginning, but like he looks like somebody that works out like for Thunder Down Under. He does. In that cowboy getup. Yeah, he really, really does. Um, they eventually would, you know, become the Nexus. Yes. And uh, Jan O'Brien gets fired for choking out fucking Justin Roberts. Which is so weird. And so, I was about to say funny, but I don't know if that's necessarily funny. I guess we know uh, what Justin Roberts' kink isn't. Yeah, that's true. Wait, how many seasons did they do of NXT, of this kind of NXT? Uh, I want to say five. Oh, did they? Four. Four or five. No, there's five. There's five seasons. Really? There's also a uh, quote-unquote lost season. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I thought they only did the one season. No, there's five seasons, and then there's a lost season. Oh, okay, because, yeah, that's the one that Seth Rollins was supposed to be on. So there was uh, seasons one through four, and then there was uh, NXT Redemption, which was season five. So, like, they brought the losers back. Yeah, I remember that. And then Okay. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, the final edition of NXT Redemption was on June, 12, June 13th, 2012. See, Michael McGill is cutting partners with Johnny Curtis to take on the Usos in a tag team match. Caitlin mm. faces Natalia in singles action. Piercy Watson, Piercy Watson and Derek Bateman, while Kurt Hawkins and Tyler Rex. So the final season of NXT, the sixth, sixth season that they were going to do, was going to feature uh, Biggie Langston, Bo Dallas, Damian Sandow, Jinder Mahal, Hunico, Leo Kruger, Seth Rollins, and Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. So that would have been very interesting to see. Especially with yeah. like Seth Rollins. And then Rollins. the new NXT that we know now starts on June 20th. Yeah. 
Wait, what year was that? Because I couldn't hear you. That's when they did the new. You're breaking up on me there. Sorry. No, no, yeah. The the Redemption Rollins was supposed to be on the last, the lost season. Yeah. And then they start up the NXT that we know now on June 20th, 2012. Yeah. This is actually a decent, like, 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 we'll go into it maybe like later, later on, but like, look at the first, like, the first night of the new NXT. You have, uh, Dusty Rhodes being introduced by JR as the interim general manager. You have Rick Victor versus Bo Dallas. You have Damian Sanda being displeased with the, oh, wait, who's his opponent? I think it's Seth Rollins, if I'm correct. No, it's, I don't know who the fuck that is. Oh, it's um, Jason Jordan. Oh, shit, that's Jason Jordan? Yeah. Oh, Jason Jordan with the curls. Jason yeah, Jordan, Damien Sandow. Uh, they do an in-depth look on Seth Rollins and Antonio Cesaro. And then the Ascension versus CJ Parker and Mike Dalton. They do a promo. Uh, they do a, a fucking... Uh, little video package for Bray Wyatt and then Michael McGillicuddy versus Tyson Kidd. You know what? Since we're here, let's take a quick look at the uh, first five seasons of wrestlers and rookies for uh, oh, NXT. No, this has gone too long. We need to do that next week. We have- <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Fair, fair, fair. Next week, we will do a uh, in-deep look at the all the wrestlers for NXT, the first the first five seasons and, and by next the last, week, up, last season as well. By next week, we probably mean tomorrow because we got nothing better to do. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I have nothing but time for the next two weeks, so. You do. Free at last, free at last. You're finally free at last. Uh, quick side note. Uh, if you haven't watched last week's uh, last week's AEW, just, just go watch the uh, just go watch the empty arena match between Moxley and uh, between Moxley and fucking Hager. What do you think was better, Moxley and Hager or Edge versus Orton? Uh, Edge versus Orton for... Emotional reasons? Emotional reasons. Um, there's more invested to that emotionally. Mm-hmm. Hager and Moxley for commentary. Because JR is so fucking good at what he does sometimes. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that he did was... So when... When uh, Hager and Moxley were fighting around the arena, mm-hmm. he's just like, "Why do we have chairs out for?" He's like, "There's nobody fucking here." <laughs> he's mm-hmm. Like, there's there's nobody here. Yeah. It's like, what do we have barricades for? There's nobody here. For so six. Yeah, just little things like that. I'm like, I fucking love you, Jr. <laughs> oh my goodness, but yeah, now, um, yeah, we will do that tomorrow, more than likely, and then yeah. Uh, if we have any more news on people getting furloughed, released, or laid off, we will obviously let you know. And if you have, well, I mean, one of us is on Twitter still, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm still running the Twitter on uh, on on for us. Ooh, hold on. Sorry. And what's the Twitter's name, Donald? Sorry, I got distracted by Twitter as we were. I got distracted by Twitter as we were talking about Twitter. What's our Twitter? So that is TNDW Podcast. So okay, without looking next time. <laughs> I wasn't looking at our thing. If you have any suggestions of what you of what you want us to talk about, what you want us to watch, what you want our opinions on, please let us know on our Twitter because we will literally watch anything. Just like Vuesku in our early years, we will put anything in our mouths. I mean eyes. Yes. 
We'll put anything anywhere. Any, like, any hole, any orifice. We will create new holes just to put things in. Yeah. Much like a uh, casting couch. We will do anything. Well, not anything. Just don't come in my hair. <laughs> don't touch my hair. Anyways, well, that's that's you, today for <laughs> the natural disasters of the wrestling. You could also follow me personally on Twitter L, at Eldonbrujo, E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O, and that's the same for Instagram. I am Fury and I, not Furry and I, motherfucker. F U R Y and I. I'm gonna change my Twitter just so that way to just to take away that power from me. You know? <laughs> I love having that power. I'm gonna delete it now. <laughs> All right, you guys, have a good day. And stay home. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. All right.